You are live with Get Connected, Canada's number one tech radio show. I'm your host, Mike Agarbo. I've got Gray Williams with me today in the studio. We've got a great program. Uh, We are going to talk a little bit about cooking technology. There's been a lot of news about uh, certain cities and jurisdictions banning gas stoves. Well, we're going to talk about the alternative, induction cooking. And, you know, I I know a lot of people are aware of it, but what is it? What is induction cooking and why is it theoretically better than gas stoves? And what are some of the downsides to gas stoves? Which will lead into kind of our our second part of that uh, series, talking about air purification technology. I think a lot of us are more aware of that now because of, you know, overall health, uh, but also like wildfires. There's a lot of crap in the air. Last couple of years, it's been, we've had a couple of weeks where it's yeah. just been hard to breathe. Especially out West. Yeah. So we're going to talk about air purifiers and what to look for because it's confusing. There is a lot of information out there. And do you need to spend $900 on an air purifier or can you get one for like $100? And or less. What's, or less. What's the difference? Well, uh, we hope to kind of demystify all of that for you. And we're going to talk about Netflix. The Canadian experiment where they're charging us extra for extra users. Remember, we used to share our passwords? Well, we'll tell you what happened. Did uh, they lose a bunch of subscribers? Everyone was complaining, right? Yeah, I was. Yeah. And people were like, I'm canceling it. Even my kids, we're going to cancel it. I'm like, you're going to cancel it? I'm paying for it. (laughs) (laughs) You leeches. (laughs) Well, we'll tell you what uh, happened and where they're going to go next in the United States with it. But now let's talk about some of the uh, tech news. And this one kind of caught my eye and I just, I shake my head. YouTubers. Yeah. If you have a successful YouTube channel, you can make a lot of money. Yeah. Thousands. Hundreds of thousands. Some make millions, depending how many subscribers and video views you get. So there's this one... I'm going to say this word, idiot YouTuber, that intentionally crashed his plane for a wallet sponsorship. Yeah. I want to know which wallet. Like, it doesn't matter. (laughs) Because I don't want to buy one. I'm really worried it's the Ridge because I have one of theirs. And if it is, I need to get rid of it because that is just dumb. So this guy pled guilty for intentionally crashing his plane. Yeah. He's a skydiver. Yeah. 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 You got to... I hate to say this. You got to watch his YouTube video. <laughs> I'm contributing to the idiocy We've already lost of YouTubers. Here. Yes, but it's insane. He's he's facing up to 20 years in federal prison. I don't know if he'll get that much, but you know, it would be nice if they, I don't know, made a lesson out of this. Yeah. Well, and then I mean, this this is the key case. Like right here, he, did he put anyone else in danger? Yes. When you crash a plane, yeah. Now, so this was in uh, Santa Barbara County in California back in November 2021. And so he uploaded his staged, yet, as they say, very real crash. Yeah. So basically took off, right, had a parachute on, got his plane over an area which he believed was not populated, turns out that it was not, uh, and jumped out of the plane, and then his plane plummets to the ground and crashes. Didn't they have a lot of wildfires in in California? <laughs> right. No, this is November. So, you know, we're in a bit more of a wetter period. But lo- looking at, they had to then helicopter out, chop the plane up, and then ferry it out where they then deposited it in various trash bins. What are you doing? Is that household waste? No, it's my airplane. Like, 
Yeah, so he he got he rented a helicopter. Yeah. And took all the wreckage, which you're not supposed to, right? Because the uh, the National Transportation Safety Board down there has to investigate the crash. Yes. But obviously, he wanted all the the cameras and stuff. Well, and also, you know, it's one of those things. You go camping, you pack it in, you pack it out. I guess that applies here. But first, I guess they're they supposed to investigate. As someone who really believes in leave no trace while they're camping, I applaud his effort to to do that. But you know, when you're breaking a variety of laws to do that, it's I'm conflicted. Well, he told he told the uh, the National Transportation Safety Board that it was an accident, and then posted the video with the title "I crashed my airplane," which then proves your use of the term "idiot." I think we've come full circle. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, I hope he does some some time. So this is an interesting story. Uh, outdated technology is wasting a lot of businesses' valuable time, and so apparently millennials appear to be the biggest losers from insufficient workplace equipment. So if they've got outdated equipment, they're basically saying that they're losing about nineteen minutes on average a day, like a work day. Because their equipment's not up to snuff. I guess maybe a less powerful computer, or you know, you know what I mean. Yeah, I'm, in my mind, I'm seeing a multifunction. That's, that's ten printer. working. Yeah, <laughs> ten working days a year. Really? Saying, yeah. Nineteen minutes a day is ten working days a year. They could be taking that, taking that as a vacation, and it wouldn't matter. Yeah. Huh. I, you know, it, it's funny. I, I, how do, I don't know how they measure that. Do you know what I mean? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe it's like a Nielsen box. They've just got to have it on them, and then they can see when they're just sort of sitting there tapping their foot. Yeah, and it, and it differed in, by sector. Like the financial sector, the average was higher. It was 24 minutes a day. And see. healthcare was 23 minutes daily. I can, I can see that. So if you're working with like large spreadsheets and things like that, that could be an issue. I think my dad's business, my dad's an engraver out in Ontario, and uh, he's operating on computers that must be at least 10 years old. But because the laser engravers and things that he uses have not... Um, required more power in that space, they're kind of just fine. You know, we, we, we buy new computers for him when they break, but they don't really need newer and faster stuff. The one thing that they did just upgrade was their payment terminal. So it will now email or text people their receipts as opposed to my dad having to take a photo of them with his iPhone and send it to them. That's a nice upgrade. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's go to another uh, productivity killer. And uh, this is something that Microsoft... Uh, kind of looked into uh, they say people are in three times as many meetings and calls per week 192 percent more than they were back in february 2020 you would think that it would be less now right do you know what i mean like because yeah. we're just like in constant zoom meetings yeah all the time because that's the only way you could really work yeah at the time but no it's like it's like way more now and the biggest problem is uh communication and it's like emails and chats and and these meetings. That's that is the productivity suck right now. Well, it's you know with things like Slack where they've got that huddle where it's just you know where people used to send you you know a consolidated email with a couple of different things. You're now getting the like bing bong of a huddle popping up. And it's like, you know what? And then that begins a conversation, which you know maybe it it, it starts with work, but then ends up with. We've been shooting the breeze for 20 minutes. Yeah, I hear it from even in our office, right? Like people just say that they can't get their work done because they're in too many meetings. I get a lot of DMs popping up. Direct messages, yeah. Yeah, and it's just sort of a, I mean. What, Microsoft calls it the digital debt. Okay. You're in the red every day because you get sucked into all of these chats and meetings and having to deal with emails. You're not 
actually able to do your work. Spinning my wheels is how I felt. So yeah, digital debt. Yeah, that sounds about right. I need a digital financial counselor at this point. Just going to cut the meetings in half. Yeah. Right? Just the Hollywood hang up, right? Like halfway through. Is that good? Great. Gone. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. We have a lot more to talk about on Get Connected today. So you need to stick around. We're going to talk about cooking technology. Gas versus induction cooking. I know there's a lot. I'm going to get emails about this. People love gas cooking. The heat's on. The heat is on. But is it safe? And should we be looking to a better way? more energy efficient with things like induction cooking. So we're going to tell you how that works and why it's better or not. And on a related topic, we're going to talk about air purifier technology. I'm getting so many questions now about air purifiers. Like, do I need to spend eight, $900 on an air purifier? Well, we're going to demystify what all the terms mean and what you need to look for especially, you know, as we're more concerned about our health and things like wildfire smoke and and what have you, just kind of infiltrating our homes. So I implore you to stay tuned. You're listening to Get Connected here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. With Get Connected, Mike Agarbo here with my good friend, Gray Williams. Going to talk, I guess, stove technology. I didn't think I'd ever get there, but uh, here here we are. Not smart stove technology, but uh, induction cooking and comparing that to to gas. And it's something I I wanted to talk about because, you know, I'm seeing more news stories, uh, especially down in the U.S. Uh, You know, people are getting riled up because uh, they think that uh, certain governments are going to ban gas stoves. Uh, You know, that being said, I think in New York, uh, the state legislature has passed a measure uh, this past uh, uh, week uh, looking to phase out the use of fossil fuels in new buildings. Uh, and they would uh, basically forbid the installation of any gas-powered things like stoves and furnaces or propane heating in any new buildings under seven stories tall by 2026 and for anything higher by 2029. So there are certain jurisdictions that are looking to, I guess, reduce the use of gas stoves. So where does that leave us? Electricity. And I guess the reason is that they feel electricity if generated by you know hydroelectric or solar or wind is obviously a much cleaner way to cook than gas and it's not just cleaner in terms of the environment but for me one of the reason one of the reasons i started looking at induction cooking was vocs volatile organic compounds things are you know gas is great for you know getting that nice char on food which i know people that love their gas stoves yeah absolutely you you would have to pry those gas stoves out of their cold dead hands which if they keep using their gas stoves is probably sooner rather than later <laughs> oh, come on and really not, yeah. so here's the thing you know that char on your meat is actually a carcinogen right so if you like but it's your steak, so it's so delicious it's so delicious but unfortunately if you like your steak well done you're probably going to be well done before the rest of us this is the thing so looking at volatile organic compounds let's let's be clear Right. Cooking is probably one of the most dangerous things that you can do inside your house because of the things that it produces. It's not just about the environmental impact of how the, how the power is generated. Anytime that we are you know, cooking inside our house, it's going to give off chemicals. And you know, a lot of folks think, well, let's get a range hood. Range hoods are great. You know, they're fantastic. Like the fans on range hoods. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're fantastic for evacuating smoke when you burn your toast. So yeah. the fire alarm doesn't go off, which if you live in a multi-unit dwelling like a condo, is great because then you don't, don't know your neighbors. But it's not actually getting rid of a lot of those volatile organic compounds. Best thing so do. the range hood is not, it's getting rid of most of the stuff. 
but not the, the smoke, but the, not the dangerous stuff. You're not saying? all of the stuff that'll kill you. Yeah. One of the best things you can do is actually open a window, which is it seems counterintuitive, but you know this can actually help out quite a bit. But these volatile organic compounds, they can be quite dangerous. And so, looking at that, that's one reason to switch over to induction cooking. So when we're looking at electricity, there's two options. You know, there's the, the radiant heat, which are those coils that heat up, they get very, very hot, they're throwing a whole lot of heat into the room. And then there's induction, which stay with me here is cooking with magnets. So I don't have one. I know a lot of friends that do. So what what is the technology behind there? You have to have special pans and pots to cook on induction stoves. You do. So the, pa- the pans have to be magnetic. And basically what happens is, you know, you're passing energy through this coil and that this, through this magnetic coil, it's actually transferring the energy, the heat energy through to the pot. Now that is almost a it's, a, it's a more direct transfer than putting a hot thing on a cold thing and having it radiate heat from one to the next. That means it's that- like five to 6% more efficient than, than a typical electric stove, right? It, it's, actually, it's actually quite a bit more efficient. You're looking okay. at 75% efficiency, whereas oh, I believe... I'm, I'm, reading, I'm reading the wrong stats. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so looking at that, you know, you're looking at a more efficient transfer of heat. It's throwing off less heat into the room, which, you know, in the winter, doesn't really matter. But in the summer, if you don't have air conditioning, you don't have a heat pump, you don't have anything there that's cooling things down. Especially like places in Vancouver, we just don't have air conditioning in a lot of places. Exactly. So yeah. those rooms can get very hot, very quick. You can understand why a lot of folks want their sort of patio barbecues because cooking inside your place, not a great choice. So they're more efficient. They're also faster. When you're looking at induction cooking, it can bring water to a boil way faster than you can on electricity or gas. The precision of gas is something that people really, really love. You can get that same sort of precision with induction. The problem with induction is cost. When you're looking at, you know, an induction range, you can be looking at upwards of $1,000. So it can be a bit of a thing to get into. Yeah, that's that's a lot of money. Like you can get like something for half the price. Like yes. A, electric stove. And, and, and quite a nice one as well. This is a kind of one of the things where I looked at it and went, I want to get into induction. I've, I've bought a new place, but I'm not going to be able to move into it until 2025. So I'm stuck with my electric coil in, in my place right now, which is a rental. Um, I wanted induction. So of all places, Ikea actually sells an induction hob which is basically just a small portable unit that you plug into like the wall. Like a hot plate. Yeah. And believe it or not, 70 bucks to get started. Just get four of those. <laughs> <laughs> just, just stick them right on top of the burners. Unplug your stove. Yeah. You're good to go. No, that's that's interesting. Uh, you know, I'm really into technology, so I kind of like, you know, understanding how the whole induction thing uh, works. Uh, but I just don't think about stoves a lot. Do, do you know what I mean? Like, I don't think a lot of people do. Yeah. Until they need one. Well, and it's one of those things where you think about it while you're cooking, yeah. right? Like, could this be faster? Could it be less sweltering in here? And so, so looking at that, you know, I, I, I kind of took the approach here of doing the first thing, which is to test your pans to see if they work. First thing you can do, if you've got a fridge magnet, you've got a fridge, probably got a magnet on it, pull that magnet off and try to stick it to the bottom of your pan. If it sticks, that is usually an induction-ready pot or pan. Yeah. If it doesn't stick, that thing's not going to work on induction. It needs to be magnetic in order to transfer that heat. And the second thing was, you know, did I want to replace my, my cooktop? Did I want to replace uh, my stove? No, I did not. So I went looking for uh, a hob. Now, you can find uh, induction hobs at Costco for as low as 50 bucks when they're on sale. Um, the Ikea Tilreda is usually, you know, $69, $79, depending on, on the week. Um, and both of those, they're great. Something you do have to keep an eye on, though, there are some annoyances with these things. Um, the thing that par- probably bothers me the most, it buzzes. The induction. The induction hob buzzes. Yeah. The in- 
So basically, when you're when you're cooking, as soon as you turn the power up, you'll hear this high pitched whine of the coil. Yeah. Um, for some folks, that does not matter at all. You know, if you've got music going, just turn the music up. Uh, but if you're particularly sensitive to noise, uh, it may irritate the heck out of you. So just keep that in mind. No, very interesting. Uh, I, I I got more interested as I'm hearing more about gas stoves being banned. I don't think they're being like blanket bans across the country or anything. I, there's nothing in Canada going down that road yet. Obviously, I think the governments would like to reduce the use of it to go to more cleaner technologies like induction stoves. So yeah, no, thank you for explaining induction. We're going to have to take a break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, air filtration, which is kind of part of this conversation because we talked about gas stoves and having the right air filtration, but it's becoming more of a thing now. Uh, great, especially with all the wildfires that a lot of places are having, uh, especially out west here in British Columbia and Alberta's having a hell of a time now uh, as well. Uh, we're going to talk about some of the technologies behind there, and you know, do you need an air filtration system for your home? We'll get down to the the brass tacks on that. You're listening to Get Connected here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You are back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with Gray Williams. Uh, we uh, had just actually been talking about gas versus induction cooking. I know. Is that techie? Well, it is kind of techie, right? And, uh, you know, if you missed it, uh, you can always check out our podcast of the program at getconnectedmedia.com or visit your favorite podcast place, Spotify, Curious Cast, Apple. Uh, kind of uh, continuing, I'm going to talk about air purification because you kind of touched on it when you're cooking with gas stoves. Yeah. Your range hood is not doing the trick it's not and so volatile organic compounds the vocs they can actually be pulled out of the air by air purifiers i was a big fan of the original sharp plasma cluster ion when it first launched it's got to be about 15 years ago now yeah but they weren't cheap and they start, they're still not cheap plasma cluster ions kind of a specialized niche of this where they use positively negatively charged ions to pull things out of the air they can break viruses apart probably would have been a big thing for you to have a couple of years ago um but uh you know so uh, yeah what i want to do now is kind of demystify it great because you can spend a truckload on air purifiers you know what yeah. i mean like they, they can go for hundreds and hundreds of dollars i've got a dyson one love it uh, i've tried the shark ones yep. as well uh, they seem to do the trick and that's the thing seem to do the trick like i don't know do you know what I mean? Like how much crap is in the air in my house? I don't know, but I'm more concerned about it because of all the wildfires. Like things are getting hazy. Yeah. Right. You know, in BC, it's happening all the time now. Alberta, huge problem there. So I'm very cognizant of the overall air quality, you know, depending on what air purifier you, you get, some have, you know, smart apps that actually can tell you what's in the air. You know, I don't know how accurate that is. They're actually pretty accurate because the thing that they're measuring that crap in the air is particulate. Right. And you probably you could see this outside when you when, when there is a wildfire, you know, the air turns orange. Right. And what that is, is basically <laughs> orange bad. <laughs> yes. Or orange bad. Uh, red even worse. And I guess it's almost like stoplights at that point. But, you know, when you're looking at that, it takes light. It, it's more difficult for light to pass through that. It changes the, 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 the wavelength of the light as it passes through. So the more of the things that has to pass through, you know, that's where we're getting these deepening colors going from sort of that, that white sunlight to yellow to orange to red. Um, that particulate is what these air purifiers are trying to pull out of the air. If you remember from you know the masks that people were wearing, uh, 2.5 microns really was the size of things that we were trying to filter out. A lot of air that filters- That was like a COVID mask. Yes. Like a good one. Yes. Okay. So 2.5 microns, that's, that's what a lot of air purifiers, that's sort of the standard. Like they, they will pull that out of the air. Smoke will fall under that, um, under, under that level. So basically it can pull smoke 
out of that, uh, out of the air for you. When we're looking at air purifiers, though, there's, there can be a massive difference in cost, right? Like you can start at $50 for the cheap and cheerful one from Ikea. Yeah, no, I'm looking at a, the Dyson one, and I, I have this one. It's the Dyson Purifier Cool Formaldehyde TP09. It's like 850 bucks. Yeah. And so you're looking at things that will pull out much smaller particles out of the air. So the more you pay, the idea is the smaller the particles it can get. Yeah. And yeah. You'll, you'll probably see the term HEPA, which is high efficiency particulate air. And so if you've got a HEPA filter, usually that's good for things like allergens as well. If you've got certain allergies, pollen, pollen it will dust, pull, pull yeah. those out of the air so that basically you can have cleaner air to breathe at home. Now, Looking at sort of the cheap and cheerfuls across the board, there's the Smart Me, I think, which goes for about 180 bucks US. Um, IKEA has their Starkvind, which can also be a. How table. do you say that? Starkvind. 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 Don't quote me on that oh, one. Okay. I'm not Swedish. Yeah, good luck googling that. Not actually sure Sweden exists. I can't even spell that. But <laughs> so they they have their their air filter, which is also you can get a table that has that built in for an so IKEA it, table. Yeah. With a HEPA filter? With a HEPA filter, air purifier, and if you connect your smartphone to it and you've got the Digera Hub or Digera Hub, again, apologies, uh, it's actually a smart air filter. So looking at that, you know, having the ability to measure particulate, particulate in the air, a lot of these filters will now tell you the level of particulate in the air so you can see, yes, this is what the level is at, and then as we turn it on, this is what the level goes but down But can they to. accurately tell you what they are? No. Fairly accurate now. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. so, um, you know, one of the things that I've done is I've got a Sensibo, which is if you've got a portable air, air purifier, this will actually, uh, portable air conditioner, pardon me, or air purifier, um, it will measure the particulate in the air. You can do that because it's using an optical sensor to do this. Um, and then it will tell you, you know, what, volatile organic compounds in your room are rising. So, you know, possibly turn on an air purifier or open a window. Um, you know, volatile organic compounds outside are rising, which is ba- it's basically using internet source data for that. Yeah. Um, so close your windows and turn on your air purifier. Um, but even with your windows closed, like, you know, if there's like wildfire smoke, that still kind of gets in, doesn't it? And that's where you, you're opening up doors and... That's where you, and that's where you need the air purifier to pull things out of the air because your house, is, thankfully, is not airtight. Or you would uh, die. Or you would die. <laughs> Eventually. I've, I've, I've got a, a tent like that. Um, it's called a shift pod. And if you don't open the vents on it, it will, one, collapse, and two, you will die. You'll suffocate. Wow. Yeah. So being able to purify that air, um, again, you know, looking at, Ikea's got one called the uh, Furnaftig. Again, apologies. Let's cut all these together. Um, but that one's 79 bucks, right? Uh, it, it comes Sorry, $79. $79. How big is it? It's uh, 12 by 18. Okay. Right. Inches. Yep. And you can. Yeah. It comes with a floor stand, or you can mount it on the wall horizontally or vertically. Um, when Hep- it's a HEPA filter, it's not a HEPA filter. Okay. But it does have a filter that is capable of filtering 2.5 microns, and you can get a gas filter for it as well, which will filter out things like formaldehyde, uh, which is twelve dollars. Sorry, what? Twelve dollars for that filter versus the hundred bucks that I used to pay for the filter for my plasma cluster ion. Okay. Yeah, because you have to replace the filters every so often. You do. Now, looking at the filters, they say that you can clean the filters you know, every three to four months, which you do by vacuuming them out, yeah. and then replace them, I think it's once a year. Yeah. So your operating cost for that, fil- for that air purifier, is a bit, not including electricity, it's about 25 bucks a year. It's not so, bad. Yeah. How important is it to filter out formaldehyde? Like, how prevalent is formaldehyde in people's homes. You know, I, that's something I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, the reason I bought these is because with the wildfires last year. Because you're paranoid? Uh, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, I mean. <laughs> but knowing that it's easier to breathe is, is helpful. Now, my, my bedroom is 110-odd square feet. 
right? And I've got a number of rooms like that in this three bedroom place that I'm in. Um, and so having those smaller air purifiers in those rooms, you know, basically 180 bucks, you know, for, for uh, a couple of them. Um, or, you know, I could also go with the um, Stockvind in the larger room um, to be able to purify the air throughout the house. And for me- It's big enough to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, like the ability to, to breathe easily in those spaces is really, really important. Well, no, I've, I've got a couple of my family members that are have allergies to, to pollen and things like that. So, uh, you know, being able to breathe <laughs> is, is, is nice for them. So I, I have found that, you know, it has helped inside yeah. the house. But it is confusing, Gray, because there's, you know, when you look at these air purifiers, especially if you're researching online, you know, they say they're capable of so many different things. And, you know, I don't, you know, do most people know what a micron is? Like, you know, 0.3 microns and, you know, HEPA and... Do you know what the, you understand? The, the comparison is, is, is hard to do sort of individually, but what I would say is um, looking at the market now, the market has broadened out. And when you do see major players like IKEA getting into the space, what it does mean is it's basically bringing the cost down for everyone. The big thing that I'd look at is three things. One, like again, how small a particulate does it filter? Is it HEPA? Is it not? And if it's not HEPA, does it have a filter that is capable of filtering out different types of things that you're that you're looking for? So look but, at look would those you specs. would you stand would you typically look for one with a HEPA filter though? Is that kind of the gold standard? If you've got allergies, absolutely. Yeah. If you don't have allergies, you can probably move. You probably be comfortable with one that does not have a HEPA filter yeah. in it. So, but, but the ones that don't are cheaper. They, they, they will be less expensive. The yeah. second thing is exactly that, which is the cost of the filters and how often you have to replace them. That's probably one of the most important things. When I'm looking at the cost of filter replacement, that plasma cluster ion, both filters out the door, almost $200, and they had to be replaced yearly. That's a lot. That adds it, up. It was an amazing that's, machine. And that's the last thing you want to spend money on, right? It's just... Oh, I got to spend $200 on some on a filter. filter. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, not, it's not a sexy purchase. No. Um, so looking at that, you know, I went with a couple of models that were a little bit less expensive but and had less expensive filters that do the job for me. If you've got allergies, go HEPA. If you need something that is one smart, like it's going to handle the whole thing for you, it's going to handle cooling for you, look at something like the Dyson. Yes, it's an investment, but this is your there, health that we're talking D- about. Dyson's kind of like the apple of yes. purifiers, right? Yeah. And it, I mean, here's the thing. You look at that thing, it tells you right on the actual unit what it's doing, you know, how it's working. Whereas with the IKEA, I've, I've got a, um, a reminder in my calendar on the dates to clean the filters and a reminder in my calendar on when to replace them because there's nothing there that's going to indicate that that has to be done. Yeah. So, but how many air filters or purifiers do you have in your house? I've got three now. That's a lot. But like, so for a condo, for example, like a thousand square, eight to 800 to a thousand square foot condo with one bedroom. Yeah. Do you need multiple air purifiers, you think, or you just get... When you take a look at the, the square footage that they will cover, yeah. you know, I've got two that cover uh, 100 square feet, which are in the bedrooms. Yeah. Um, and then I've got one that covers around 300 square feet, okay. which is in the main room. Yeah, but if you get like a big one, can it actually suck bad stuff out of a bedroom? Like if it's in like a family room? It's, it's one of those things where it's a little bit it, like an air conditioner, a portable yeah. air conditioner. Yeah. You know, if you're not in the direct space, it's probably going to have difficulty circulating air. You could use a fan or a couple of fans to move air throughout the house to see if you could lower your overall VOCs. But at that point, you know, when you're looking at between 50 and 80 bucks for a cheap air filter, why not air purifier? Why not actually just put one in the room? Okay, we're going to have to take a break. When we come back, Netflix, they've been charging people for extra users now. Do you remember that? Everyone was sharing their passwords before? Yes. They kind of used us as a guinea pig, mm-hmm. Gray. They haven't launched it in the U.S. yet, and they've uh, postponed it again. 
So I just kind of want to talk about uh, your experience because I think we both had people that might have been sharing passwords and you know now we're paying to to have those users uh, but just kind of how we feel that it will go in the United States because I know that they think we're very similar Canadians and Americans we are in many ways but they're a little more vocal and better armed <laughs> yes that that too you're listening to get connected here on the chorus radio network back after this you are back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with Gray Williams. Uh, Get Connected, we're all about uh, making technology simple, getting people inspired to introduce more tech into their lives. Let's uh, chat about Netflix now. Uh, it's the dominant streaming service out in the marketplace for now. <laughs> There's a lot of competition. We've got the Disney's of the world, Paramount, NBC, uh, Warner Brothers with their, uh, their Max or HBO Max down in the U.S. Netflix, they've had some challenges over the past uh, couple of years. Uh, they went down in subscribers for uh, a little bit, and they are a public company. So it's all about the bottom line, making shareholders happy. And so how do you do that? you got to make more money. And how do you do that with Netflix? If you're declining in subscribers, well, you try to find ways to charge your existing customers more. And one way was to charge folks that were sharing their passwords. And I, I think everyone was doing it. Yes. I would say the majority of people I know that had Netflix were sharing it with family members, even though they weren't living in the same house. Netflix cracked down on that in a number of countries. And they obviously did that in a bunch of countries that weren't the US yet, because that's kind of their big gravy train, right? Yes. Yeah. So they started in Central America, I believe. Because, you know, if you piss them off, they don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Netflix doesn't care. And then they came to Canada because that's probably the closest to, like, the American marketplace. Yeah. And so you couldn't share the password anymore. And, I, you know, my kids, they're not living at home anymore. They're like, oh, my God, I can't have Netflix. So what is it, eight bucks a month for an additional user? Yes. And so depending on what Netflix you plan you have, you can get up to two additional users. That's correct. So what was interesting is I only bought one mm -hmm. and it worked for the rest of the family. <laughs> I didn't have to buy a second one. Mm. It just kind of unlocked it. I guess their system isn't capable of recognizing. Determining which account is it accessing from where. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Haha, yeah. -ha, Netflix. <laughs> but the idea was, you know, they wanted to see how successful that was in Canada and everyone in Canada, you know, you were on the message boards. I'm canceling Netflix. This is garbage. Yeah. But do you know what happened? Their subscriptions went up. Oh. Yeah. And they're making more money. Oh, oh man. They got us. Yeah. Canadians, we like to complain, but we don't really go through with our, our threats, do we? I didn't cancel mine, um, but I didn't buy the extra subscription either. Oh. Um, I kind of might've found a loophole. Yeah. So my parents have an account. Yes. Under my account. Um, and so, you know, once a month, I log in and watch an episode of something that they would watch. Yes. I just let it play in the background. Okay. That seems to be enough for Netflix to realize that they have, quote unquote, logged in from my location. It works. So, sorry, you're going to watch something that they would watch? Yes. Whether it's The Crown, whatever okay. else. I just put it on the background. I don't even need to watch it. Put it on overnight. Okay. And for whatever reason, it seems to say... This account is now accessing it from the home base location. Yeah. It's fine. So you checked in, you've done your, was it every 30 days you have to check in? 
It, yeah. Is this good? We're trying to teach people how to scam Netflix. At- I don't know. Uh, you know, here's the thing. I might be lucky. They, they might have just looked at my account and went, eh. Yeah. You know. Okay. And now here's, my parents are, aren't also high volume users. No. They don't watch that much Netflix. So I think maybe it's just that I'm flying under the radar and perhaps I'm, you know, spending an hour of my time doing something that I don't need to do. Um, you know, it's also, it's summer at this point. So I'm actually tempted to cancel all of my streaming services because there's something outside called grass, which we're supposed to go touch. So I might actually go do that for the rest of the summer. Might be a good idea. So the idea was tested in Canada, obviously successful for Netflix. They didn't have this mass drop off in subscribers as everyone thought they would. And money's up. Money is up. So why haven't they launched in the US yet? They've postponed it hmm. for a few months, apparently. Maybe they've seen the things that we're doing here. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to figure out all the those stupid things we're doing to get around their- Those crafty Canadians. Yeah, those crafty Canadians. No, but it's interesting, right? Because, I mean, if they, if they make their American customer base upset, that's, that's their cash cow, yes. right? Yeah. Hands down. Yeah. I mean, and they've bumped prices a lot. I remember when the 4K subscription was around, what, $15? We're now looking at $23 Canadian. Yeah. They're really, if, we're, if, if I get into an extra subscription, 30 bucks Canadian, we're really pushing the tensility of what I'm willing to pay. 300 bucks a year, we're, we're getting to a point where it's just, I don't watch you that much anymore. Um, quite frankly, like, I hate to say it, my money's going to crave right now. Like, I paid for a year subscription because I just, all the Star Trek all the time. Right? So that Isn't me, Crave on Paramount? No, can we get Paramount? Uh, so Crave, crave is Bell's yes. service. Yeah. Um, and they've got, I think it's HBO connected to them. Yeah. Yeah. For now. Yes. How long do you think Crave's going to last? It's Bell. I think they've, I mean, when it comes no, down but to... No, but, okay, so they, they've got HBO content, but HBO's got their own streaming service. At a certain point, and I know why they're doing it, right? Because Bell, for their TV properties, uh, are licensing HBO content. Yes. And yeah. they're a partner with HBO TV, broadcast yeah. TV in Canada. At a certain point, that's not going to matter anymore because that audience is literally dying off. Yeah, I mean, Paramount Plus, if, they, if, if Paramount Plus takes Star Trek away from Crave... They're taking Crave away from me. I'm, I will go with Paramount Plus, hands down. I'm sorry. I'm, 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 I'm like a single Not everyone voter. cares about Star Trek, but. <laughs> but in this case. No, I'm just, I, I just wonder, like some of these Canadian services. Remember um, Rogers and, and Shaw tried to do, was it Show Me? Yes. Yeah. yeah. That didn't last. They didn't. No. <laughs> but it's funny, Bell could, I, I think Bell lasted because they had HBO content. Yeah. Yeah. That, I just want to see, that's my thing. At, at some point, HBO is going to think, hey, I can make more money just getting Canadian subscribers to my, my app yeah. than licensing the content. Well, and this is where it comes down to Canadian content on streaming services, Bill C-11, where it's like, okay, we, you know, we don't want to have Canadian content mandated to us, but if there's no home for Canadian content or if they're being beat up by U.S. streaming services or multinational streaming services, that's not good for us either. It's a, it's a more nuanced issue than I think a lot of people give it, give it credit for. Yeah, I, I think obviously a lot of Netflix um, competitors are going to look at Netflix's success here in Canada at basically siphoning more money out of our, our pockets. Um, but at a certain point, you know, I think we're seeing saturation now in the streaming market, don't, don't you? 
Yeah. And kind of, we had a golden age there of a lot of great content, but you can see all the big guys now are cutting down. Disney is cutting down on how many shows they're doing. Uh, Warner Brothers that has HBO, they're cutting down dramatically how many shows they're punching out as well because, uh, you know, the growth area, I think, the growth time is done. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It, the it, consolidation is happening now. It's, it's, tough, it's tough. I don't have that much time to watch TV. Yeah. So, you know, if you're, if you're putting out enough content for me just to watch your streaming channel, I can't watch the other streaming channels as well. Disney is one of those things where it's like, I'm getting it for free with my, my Shaw internet subscription. Sure, free in free. air quotes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's money in, money out. But it, it's, I've looked at that and the amount of time I've spent watching Disney between Star Wars and Marvel and everything else, like I spent a lot of time with Disney. And it's, yeah, but... So, but Disney, they, they're amalgamating. They, they're basically taking a controlling stake in Hulu, which is a streaming service down in the U.S. that I think they were partners with, with ABC and some others, although Disney owns ABC <laughs> as well. <laughs> we're, we're partners. Uh, yeah, I forget. Oh, Comcast is the other partner. Mm-hmm. And Comcast is selling out their share to, to Disney. So they're amalgamating that. And I know they have ESPN. So they're, they're getting up there in Netflix territory as far as subscribers. You know what I mean? It's kind of interesting there because if you're looking at like the content providers and then the carrier for the signal, they're still separate in the U.S. Whereas yeah. we've seen a lot of consolidation here in Canada. I prefer to actually see those things separate. That's actually a better place for it to be. We are out of time. I want to thank all the folks that helped put the program together. Great for coming in today. Don't forget to uh, subscribe to our podcast for both uh, Get Connected and our sister show, The App Show, on uh, every Sunday on the Chorus Radio Network. Mike and Gray logging off. We'll see you again next time.